We'll give the next group. Okay, so this the next one is the, the reality of marriage. So the, the first pillar uh, was the purposes of marriage. So understanding those. Uh, the second is the reality of marriage. And again, this is the, uh, the other kind of classic text in the scriptures. Um, can somebody volunteer to, let's have a female voice if we don't mind, uh, read this one aloud. Um, Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay. Uh, powerful passage on so many fronts. Um, for marriage, even just the the elevated thought of Christ and his church that this uh, talks about. It's just a really, really great passage. So the way I, the way I have thought about this for years is in this sort of uh, formula-looking type thing, that the re- this passage speaks of a reality of marriage. And I like to tell young couples in a premarital counseling, what is, you know, when I look at verse 23, and I just say, you know, kind of a trick question, what, what is the most important word in verse 23, and well, they usually respond with what? Christ. You know, it's like any kind of Bible class, you just say, Jesus, you probably get close to the right answer, right? Right. No, I think the most important word in 23 is the word is, um, because it denotes a reality. Christ is the head. It doesn't matter if you make him the head or not. He is the head. And the parallel there is husband is the head of the home. Uh, and I talked about this earlier, that, that should give you husbands a great deal of moxie, uh, backbone. It also should give you a great deal of humility. Uh, it, uh, and, 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 and isn't this the nature of the Christian walk? You must walk in the power of the resurrection. There is nothing that can conquer you. Death and the devil are defeated. You should walk through life with a godly strut. But the meek inherit the earth. You need to have utter humility. You've got to walk knowing your frailty and weakness. We have this treasure in jars of clay so that the surpassing power may be about God and not us. You ever thought about that passage? Why is the gospel, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, you know, the, God said that light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
magnificent passage. We have this treasure, the face of Jesus Christ, in an earthen vessel. Because an earthen vessel is cracked and frail. That's good. Because if you break, then Jesus will bust out of it. If there's a crack, uh, it'll show. And so when I very crassly talk to college students, I just say, let them see your crack. <laughs> I know, it's, I'm sorry if that's crass. You can delete that off the recording. But it, seriously, let them see your cracks. Husbands, your headship is not one of macho, uh, this twisted view of masculinity. It, it is one of brokenness, but it is one of power. And that is the, that is the Bible's teaching about leadership. Uh, uh, my favorite book over the last few years is a book called Leading with a Limp. And uh, it's written by a counselor named Dan Allender. And the whole idea of the book was that God was going to fulfill his promise through Jacob. And he wrestled with him and bruised his hip. And to, to this day, the scriptures say the Israelites don't eat the joint of the hip because Jacob limped. The promise was true. It would come through limping leaders. <laughs> Uh, Moses wrote in Numbers 12, 5 about himself that he was the most meek man on the planet. What kind of arrogant narcissist writes that he's the most meek planet, unless you get meekness? Maybe he's not a narcissist. And we know that Moses was meek because he had endured incredible affliction by God. He had been banned to the desert and he had to suffer. He had to, he had to walk back to this nation that he was banned from. To liberate, so the whole book is about is about this idea that biblical leadership, male headship in the home, is not one of tyrannical rule. It is one of humble submission and service. It is one of powerful leadership as you give yourself over. He says, as as is himself its savior, and he gives himself to the to his bride. That that's that's the idea. That's the reality of headship. So men, you have a high calling. Uh, but you're not left to yourself. You have a head over you, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So lead with a limp there. And I'll just say this. You know, I, I use this illustration all the time, too. It, the, the proverbial table of my Witherington heritage has an empty chair. My father, he left. He abdicated his role in my life. But you know the most powerful chair at our table still in the Witherington household? His empty one. Why is that? Because of this reality. Whether he's good or bad, he is the head of my family. He is. And he has taken it in uh, directions that nobody would want. Uh, I wish he would repent of that. I wish he'd be restored to that. But So that's, that's weighty for you as husbands to know whether you're good or bad, you are the head. You are leading your family in a direction. Even if you say, I'm out of here, I'm gone, I'm leaving, I'm tired of this, I want to go play golf in Las Vegas for the rest of my life. You're still the head of your home. Okay? All right. The responsibilities, therefore, that, in, that are part of this reality, he says to the husbands is sacrificial love and to the wife, willful submission. Again, this is a curse word. Right? In most of our culture, wives submit. You know, kind of get all the jeers and laughs and what are we, you know, leave it to beaver stuff? You know, what are we, in the 1940s, you know? Just, just get all that trash out. This is, this is not what this passage is talking about. Some 
uh, antiquated, abusive view of women are down here. They got to get in line. Men are up here. We run the rule. That that is that 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 ship has long sailed. Okay, we need to have a good discussion about this. And here's the way I here's the way I want to say this to you. Um, the 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 pastor that came and led our conference last week. He said he talked about the male ego. Every one of the males have it. And then he had this PowerPoint slide. He said he had male ego. And then he had a right after the big male ego. Uh, you don't just have an ego. You have a big ego. And that's not necessarily bad. Uh, men just have this innate thing. Like, I want to matter. I, I want to know that I can conquer the game. I want to know that I can conquer the animal. I want to know that I can defeat the enemy. I want to, you know, your boy, this is why boys do this. You know, that's why they, you know, they, I remember this one time with my son, I was watching him, you know, I had three daughters first and, and then I had my son, I wanted to see how he'd adjust to a, you know, a, a, an over estrogenized home, uh, you know, and, and I saw him one day playing in his room with a baby stroller and a purse. Oh man, I, I was like, oh no, and I'm, I'm uh, okay, don't, don't overreact here. So I watched him for a few minutes and he pulled his pistol out of the, out of the, uh, <laughs> out of the purse. It was shaking the baby, you know, and I was like, we're, we're good, we're good, yeah, we're going to be all right. But the, but the point was, he, in, in what's inside us, even just uh, genetics and, and uh, chemical is a, is, a, is, is a hard wiring as a man to conquer something. It doesn't have to be, you know, muscles and, and hunting. It can, be, it can be something very academic or something very uh, artsy. Don't get hung up on the world's idea of this, but it's in a man to do this, to be something. So wives, the word, the word that you need to think about, what your husband wants more than anything is to know you think he is a lion. That when he roars, the jungle shakes. When he, that, that, that Aslan is on the move. However he's wired. He may be a boisterous, conquer the world, general soldier type guy. Or he may be an artsy, creative, thoughtful, contemplative. But he still wants to be a lion. He still wants to have that ego stoked. Don't hear me saying stoke his ego, be flattering. You understand what I'm saying? There's something inside of him that wants to rise up. Okay? We'll get to how he... But, no, men, your wife. There's something about... I mean, the fact that we have baby dolls and uh, castles and princesses. And we talk about all... A woman wants to know that she's the queen of the world. That she, she, is, uh, she is doted on like royalty. That she has all access to uh, beauty and food and relationships and protection. And the kingdoms of the world are hers because she's a queen. And, and she walks in a room and everybody goes, wow, look at her. That's what she wants more than anything. Even if she's tough and driven and strong, she still wants to know I'm beautiful. I'm protected. I'm guarded. So husbands, husbands want to be known they're a lion. A woman wants to know that she's the queen. Now, look at this with the responsibilities. What does the husband do? His responsibility. He lays down his life for her. Women, there's not one of you in here that would not gladly submit yourself to a lion who is laying down his life for you. That his whole job is to make you look incredible. Look at the passage here. 
Jesus sanctifies her, having washed her with the washing of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Husbands, your job is to make her so radiant that when she walks in the room, people go, my goodness, look at her. Not because she's doted in makeup and has all these talents and scouts, but she radiates something beautiful and powerful. That's your number one job. Make her be that way. Dote on her. Love her. Protect her. Uh, again, the pastor that came last week, he said, what if, what, what if you, know, you walked into a room at a party, right? And we know how this all works. You walk into a party, the guys are over there and they're talking about something you know, manly. And the women are over there talking about something uh, womanly. What if, you know, you walk in and, and, and the measuring line begins. We're going to see how this, this uh, exchange goes. You walk in with your wife and, and most of them just, okay, we'll see you later, we'll see you later. What if you said, whoa, come here, babe. And you kissed her on the forehead. Stop, you're embarrassing me. Come here. And you gave her a big hug. What is all her group of friends going to do when she walks up? What kind of man did you marry? You know, and then what's that guy going to do when he walks up to his guys? Yeah, that's kind of like, That's the way it ought to be. That you have led her in such a way that people go, man, she is loved dearly. Look at her. She walks in. She's radiant. Look at her. She has made him feel like that he could conquer the world. That, I think that's what Paul's saying here, is that kind of relationship. And in and, and that, and that language, submission, loving, leading, not a problem, Right? When we talk about this, it's just not. The problem is we don't live like that. And so therefore, uh, submission and loving sacrifice. We're selfish. Husbands don't love sacrificially. Uh, they're selfish. Uh, and then wives respond to that. And they ain't following that bozo. Uh, he can go off his own cliff. I ain't going off that cliff. You know, that, that kind of thing. We don't, that's not how the, the Bible speaks of that. Let me just say a couple words here. Um, some of you, let's, uh, just staying on the men's side here. Some of you are naturally strong. I think your, your sacrificial love is to learn to empower the people. Some of you are just nat- naturally strong leaders. This is me. I have to tame that down in my home. Not stop it, but I have to learn to empower. I can, I can dominate at my house. Um, I have to, I, this is my sacrificial love. This is me dying to myself. When, when, I, when I would have an opinion about everything from paint color to what we're having for dinner, I choose not to. Right? I just, I have to do that. Uh, partly because I'm arrogant and probably just because I'm opinionated. You know, I just, just kind of just flows out as I have an opinion. Uh, I don't need to have an opinion about everything. But on the other side, some of you are naturally passive. That's okay too. Some of you are naturally not that way. You've got to learn to step up. You've got to learn to initiate. You've got to learn to assert yourself into situations. And, and in both of these, I would just say, and for the women too, as I get to that, we've got to have help here. I, I've got men around me. Uh, one of my pastor gave me one of his prayers for me for the year was that I would grow in, in, in gentleness. Uh, I, I, want th- I want that to be something that's, that characterizes me. I'm thankful to have men around me that know my proclivity to be harsh and driven and focused and, you know, in your face. I also need to bear gentleness. That's, that's me being sacrificial. Uh, same thing with if you're naturally passive. But you have men that are encouraging you to step up, make that call, make that decision. Lead out there. Take a risk. Uh, that kind of thing. Same with the women. Some of you are naturally strong leaders. You should learn to empower. Perhaps he doesn't need to hear 
your opinions all the time. Perhaps uh, you ought to tame it down a little bit and, and find a way to use your strong leadership to empower him. Uh, on the same side, some of you women are naturally passive. You've got to learn to speak up. You've got to learn to find your voice. Uh, uh, you may be in the home of a strong leader. That still means you've got to still step in and speak up. Uh, that's part of your willful submission there. So you can, you can, we'll have some questions around that. And the result of this is oneness. Uh, oneness. This is, this, is a, this is such an interesting uh, concept. Is uh, two people with very different backgrounds and, and um, upbringings uh, are, biblically speaking, supposed to be one. Uh, supposed to walk as one person, be in agreement. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to have oneness in marriage all the time. We're so different. Uh, I see the world through different lenses than Danielle does. But the, the goal here, and I just wrote, you know, oneness here, humility. Humility characterizes our relationship with each other. I give deference to her. She gives deference to me. Uh, just because we have roles and distinctions in our marriage doesn't mean that all the, as we'll see when the gospel, when we talk about the gospel here in our next last session, that love and submission, though here the wives are called to submit. If you, if we, if I had, if I'd done, if I'd done the scriptures justice to this passage, I would have put verse twenty-one before I did verse twenty-two. What does verse twenty-one say? Does anybody know? Yeah, submit to one another. Uh, you know, and I know enough of the Bible and I know enough things. I should have done that. I should have put, but this is the marriage passage, right? But the point is that when Paul was writing this letter to the Ephesians, submission was what everybody in the church is to do to each other. Submitting to one another. That doesn't negate the uniqueness of how that works out in the marriage relationships. There's a unique role that the wife plays as, as a submissive wife. But at no time am I not supposed to submit to my wife. <laughs> uh, I am still part of that church command, right? Because so, so then he gets into the children, right? Uh, children, and it's like, oh, my children need to submit to me. Well, there's times you need to submit to your children. Because uh, he said submit to one another. Uh, the, the whole passage starts that way. Anyway, this isn't a parenting class, but you, you understand that. Um, let, me, let me say this, oneness. Um, there's a, one of my, uh, one of my mentors, um, just kind of as, a, there's, is, I gave you his sermon series, this guy named Tim Keller. And, and one of the things he says is um, our, that our greatest desire in life is to be uh, known and loved. Um, to be fully known and fully loved. But the problem is, is we don't operate like that. Because if you really knew me, I wonder if you would really love me. <laughs> so I withhold things from you. And if you say, I love you, I doubt that because you don't really know me. Mm-hmm. That, we do this dance, right? You're, if, if I were to say to you, I love you, you'd be like, but you don't know me. Or if I, if I went ahead and just let you know me, I'd be really afraid you might not love me. But he says, what's great about God is he knows you fully and he loves you fully. So he knows, even if you're hiding from your spouse, even if you're hiding from your pastors or if you're hiding from your children, you're not hiding from God. It's that whole garden uh, scenario. He came, he'll find you. Uh, it, was, it was a joke that they were covering themselves with leaves, right? 
You're going to hide from the Almighty. <laughs> uh, but he still loves you. He, know, he knows exactly what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're feeling. And he loves you. And I think, though we're going to fall woefully short of this in marriage, I think that's what oneness is supposed to do, is create a space where you can be known. This is why he says they were naked and not ashamed when they were one flesh. Okay? That I, I should be able to move out, though with trepidation, because I know what, it's risky, and let you know me in marriage. Let you know all my thoughts, my flaws. And trust that you'll love me. And I'm not going to offer you a superficial love without asking you to know me or asking to know you. Uh, I think this is why Paul, uh, Peter said to the husbands in 1 Peter, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Because he knows that what my natural proclivity is, as a man is to do is to fix my husbands, fix your wives. <laughs> uh, it's not what he said. Husbands, understand them. And it takes a whole lot of grace and humility for me to first move towards understanding than problem solving, uh, than remedy solutions, that kind of thing. I think that's what oneness means, is that we move in this dance together uh, towards being fully known and fully loved. Okay, uh, so that's the reality of marriage. Let's look at the questions, and this will, I'll give a little bit more content as we look at the questions, because uh, Rick asked a great question. I think, Rick, is that right? Rick, a great question on the last, uh, about the sanctifying question I asked on the last one. And that one really was, how has your wife helped you overcome maybe a besetting sin or weakness that you have? Because that's part of the goal. So I told him, you know, one of my besetting sins is just a, a, a quick fuse, a, a, a proclivity to be angry. Uh, Danielle has really helped me with that, to, to learn to control my emotions, to learn to be a little more patient, to be a little more thoughtful in my words and even body language. Uh, so sanctification working its way. That was a great question. So uh, let, me, let me give you these questions and talk through them. So the first one. Wives, how has your husband loved you sacrificially? This is your chance, wives, to, 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 to let the lion roar. Uh, hey, babe, this is how you've really loved me and our family sacrificially. And then you can get to the one you know you want to get to. In what ways would you like to see him love you more? <laughs> so stroke his ego for a minute and then, uh, then help him develop, okay? Um, Second, husbands, in what ways have you seen your wife submit willfully to you? This is not your chance for you to say, I love all the ways you get in line. This is a chance for you to say to her, babe, this is, this is how you're radiant to me. This is how you are uh, wonderful. This is how you're a queen. And then in what ways would you like to see her follow you better? What ways does that, uh, that not manifest itself so greatly at times? Number three, what, where does your marriage have the most oneness? Where, where in your marriage? And this could, be, this could be an area. This could be a season of time throughout the year. I don't know if you're, there, 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 are, there are times in my year that I'm a better husband than I am other times of the year. Uh, you know, for some reason, I'm really great around Christmas. I'm a great husband around Christmas, you know. Uh, we have a lot of oneness and a lot of love, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, February, winter, in the middle of a tense work season, I'm not so great. 
you know, and there's, there's stuff going on there. So it could be a seasonal thing. Uh, it, could, it could be um, uh, a locale thing. Um, we, we tend to not have a whole lot of oneness when we go to my family's place. Because I get on edge, she gets on it, like, and we, so we, so, so, but where do you have oneness? And then, and then, and then the second one, what areas of your marriage do you need to grow in becoming one the most? So that could be, again, a season of life, a time of the day, uh, could be an area of finances, it could be a, a locale. Hey, when we go to your mom's house, you like put on the fangs or you retreat into whatever, you know, that, that would and, and basically what we're talking about with oneness there is where, where, does the, where is the temptation for the wedge to come in that if, you, if it stays there, you know how a wedge, Billy and I love to chop wood next to each other. And we have these, uh, I do it manually. He has this big, you know, hydraulic thing he, he does. Anyway, I use it too. As he's getting older, he's I, I use it. Uh, but, you know, the principle behind a, a wedge and chopping wood is you get, to get it started and it'll split the, it'll split the log. Right, so I've got a, uh, you know, I've got a, a splitter that, that will do that. But that's that's exactly how uh, your marriage gets split too. Is a wedge gets in there and it just splits it right down the grains. Okay, so oneness is trying to to quickly alert yourself. Hey, there's a wedge here, and if we let it set in, it's going to split the log. Uh, you got to identify those wedges. You got to help each other. I think there's a wedge here, and when it when it starts to dig in, I can feel us getting torn apart. That's that's when oneness is done. So talking about oneness there. All right. Uh, questions or comments about those questions? I'll let you have some time. Um, and then those who need to leave can leave. Okay. All right, good. So break up. Let's, let's, go, till, uh, uh, let's go till 10 after, uh, 15 after, 15 after 11. 11, 15. Is that good? Okay. 11, 15. And, and let me just set you up here. We're going to come back and talk about the gospel. Uh, so there, there might be a lot of tension in some of this for some of you. That's okay. Uh, don't be afraid of that. There's, there's the gospel restores, right? We're going to come to how that, that can actually help too. So, all right, go have fun.